How's it going, everybody? This is Jordan Pacheco of the Glad Trad Podcast. I hope you're doing well. It is amazing that we are so close to Christmas, and I hope that you and your families are preparing for the celebration of our Lord's most fantastic, most salvific nativity. Uh, it's so cool that it falls on a Monday, so it's going to be a lot of masses for a lot of us, and um, I hope that it's a very, very wonderful time of year. I think this is probably going to be my last video of the year. I'm looking forward to 2024. I wanted to talk about just a little bit about some of the current things going on in the church as well, mostly, of course, as things going on for this channel and what I think 2024 has in store. So firstly, I want to give a great reassurance to many of you. Um, as you know, I'm doing a radio show as well. And so it's amazing to me how many people call in weekly because of the tremendous amounts of what I find to be deliberate confusion coming out of Rome. And furthermore, then being um, continuing to be confused due to what maybe their priest or maybe their favorite podcasters, their favorite commentators say. You Obviously, we've seen this new document, uh, Fiducia Supplicans, talking, of course, about the blessing of of couples, well, kind of couples, couples in irregular situations, all this stuff, yada, yada, yada. And I just want to tell you, trads, non-trads alike, um, don't be gaslit. Because if you feel like you're being gaslit, I think you're being gaslit. It's actually very evident to me that we're being gaslit. Now, I am not saying that those who are doing some of the gaslighting are bad Catholics with bad intentions. In fact, it's actually broken my heart a little bit to find people who I very much do trust with their love of the Lord and their love and fidelity to Catholic teaching, bending over backwards, trying to pretend that for the last decade, we've been in this glorious era of magisterial bliss, that somehow every word the Pope says is dogmatic. I even see in comment sections on other YouTube channels talking about how, whoa, all you people must think that you're better than the magisterium. And that's why when you object to this latest uh, pastoral change of blessings, you get so mad. Typical rad trads. And that's not true. That's not true. We're not placing ourselves. You're not placing yourself, it seems to me, above, of course, the ordinary and extraordinary magisterium of the church. I don't understand why, um, especially in our era of, of fake news and, and conflicting narratives and propaganda full blast, that Catholics are told that despite the fact that the faith exists alongside reason, we must somehow forego our reason, suspend the entire 2,000 years of the tradition of the Catholic Church because if the Pope sneezes, it's orthodox. Or because this document gets put out, apparently for clarity, that's what they always tell you, right? That's always what the liberals tell you, right? It's for clarity, but it turns out actually the intention has been great confusion. And you notice how confusion and ambiguity only goes one direction, <laughs> When it comes to the church, like when Tristionis Custodes dropped a couple years back, it was very, very clear. There were not commentators. These same commentators were not going, well, it could be interpreted in this way. This is a little bit tricky. It was very clear about putting the ban hammer down on diocesan Latin masses. Ironically, in an era where we're a listening church, where we're a very democratic, wonderful church in the springtime of the new evangelization. It's fantastic how we have become more centralized, uh, and more divisive, therefore, thanks to the powers in Rome. Now, this channel is not a, did you see what the Pope did last week or this week sort of channel. And that's something that I don't want to become the dominant strain going forward. There's a reason why it's called the Glad Trad Podcast. And as I'm going to get into, there are a lot of reasons to actually be happy, even in this time of great trial. I say actually that 
the uh, papacy of Pope Francis has actually been a very good chastisement. And also there are mistakes now that we are making in the church that we will never make again. So I've been kind of going through, I've read most of the document, not all of it. I've seen different commentate, uh, commentary from people whom I very much trust. I do remember a very, very big Catholic podcaster a couple years ago made an interesting video. And this was, you know, this is on the other end of Laudato Si and Amoris Laetitia and the Amazon Synod. And the question was a very fair one, which is, have we been gaslighting trads? And the answer was obviously yes. But as I've given the analogy before, I find that when it comes to this great confusion coming out of the Vatican, we are responding like children of a drunken, abusive father. There are children, if your father is is a wicked man, if your father is not doing what he's supposed to do, there are some children who have decided, they say, I don't want anything to do with dad. And that means to go so far as to completely trash every little thing about dad. He sneezes, it's probably heresy. But I'm not going to put myself through that. I get that impulse, purely. Um, I have a friend who we've been talking back and forth this week because her father revealed that he uh, essentially believes that the chair of St. Peter is empty at the moment because how could the man whom the Holy Spirit guides to become Pope cause so much confusion, cause so much damage, perhaps be uh, a heretic, although the church doesn't have a mechanism to formally condemn a Pope as a heretic like that. Um, how can this be? It does have mechanisms, I should say, but they're very new. They're very theoretical. Well, the only response is that Benedict never gave up the papacy and Francis never had any intention on taking the papacy and actually uh, guarding the tradition of the church. And therefore, he cannot be the real pope. Now, I might not necessarily agree with that position. I still believe that Francis is the pope. Not like it really actually matters sometimes in the case of my salvation, as we've seen with the uh, great uh, schism, right? Saints like St. Vincent Ferrar backed an anti-pope in Spain, and that didn't seem to play into uh, his lack of canonization. So that's very interesting to me. But I understand where it's coming from. And I think that for the last couple of years in particular, there have been some very, again, I think people who love the Lord, who love the Catholic Church, who just want to kind of make sense of things, I think they've been very, very mean to Sedevacantis. I think that they have ignored the great fidelity that Sedevacantis can have to the church because of their lack of acknowledgement of whomever is occupying the chair of St. Peter. Now, I'm not a set of a contest, obviously, um, but I have sympathy. And if you're really struggling and maybe your conclusion is, no, there's no way that a real pontiff can act like this. I grew up under John Paul II and I grew up under Benedict and there's just no way. I, I understand that frustration. I think we're going to, in the new year, dissect it a little bit more. I'm going to have <clears throat> some guests on who will give us greater context instead of just the... Um, being mean to Sede's sort of trash points that you can sometimes get. I've, of course, said that I think sometimes Sedevacantists do act like Protestants with lace. I, I think that is an imprecise generalization and actually probably a very hurtful one for Catholics who are really trying to do the best. So if you're kind of, you know, you're on the line, be very, very careful. My advice, obviously, is that you should embrace Pope Francis as the Roman pontiff but that doesn't mean that you have to like him. That doesn't even mean, honestly, especially seeing the response from a lot of these bishops and cardinals over this latest document, I don't think it even means to be a bad Catholic means you have to adhere to him. Uh, you have noticed with this document, the breakdowns. I was just going over them this morning, right? 
Um, the Diocese of Denver has put out a statement. Uh, Archbishop Chaput in Philadelphia has put out a very, very good statement. But obviously the entirety, almost the entirety, I should say, of the bishops of Africa have come out against the bishops or some of the most of the bishops in Austria really like it. You know what I'm saying? All the bishops in Germany like it. So we are seeing the obvious lines of the church, this soft a schism in play. And all of my heroes of the faith at present are talking about how dangerous this gradualism is. And as a traditionalist, I would argue that this gradualism has obviously been dangerous ever since its inception before the council, but certainly beyond the council to where I now have in living memory, people who remember sacramentals being ripped up because we don't need the trappings of superstition, these medieval superstitions like the rosary. We don't need adoration. And I find it ironic that the same sort of people who cry about the attendees, the number of attendees, the dropping mass attendance, the same sort of people who demand that we produce all this high stuff for a Eucharistic revival won't actually do what I'd say the ordinary practical things that are necessary in order to foster great reverence for the Catholic faith, great reverence for the Eucharist, great reverence for our Lord, for our Lady, for all the holy things. They don't talk about it. Now, on the other side, I will say this, that with the drunken father analogy, there are also children who say, listen, we just need to love dad more because the reason why dad's being so confusing, the reason why he's so angry is because of us. Like surely something that we did, if I had only cleaned up my room, if only I had bent my neck more to the magisterium of the Catholic church, whatever that means, if only every time this Pope sneezed, I did give him the benefit of the doubt to such an extreme that it probably is orthodox. And again, I have great sympathy for these people too, because that is a, a horrible position to be in. This all is part of this great divorce analogy that I've also discussed. I've talked about the great divorce in regards particularly to members of tradition, right? Which is why I'm very sympathetic to the Society of Pius X. And Lefebvre, by the way, keeps being proven right each and every day, which is crazy. I don't, I don't go to the SSPX, but uh, I have obviously shifted my position on them and the space which God has allowed them to occupy in our present history. It's very sad. It's very sad when members of my family are also embroiled in this confusion. It's very sad when sin is being blessed. And let's be real here. It is apparently it's, it cannot intrinsic evil cannot be blessed, but, uh, we're going to get as close to that goalpost as possible. They're already priests. We have seen them all. We know their names who have gone above and beyond to say that the Catholic Church is changing. America Magazine, thank you, kids. Y'all put out a ad in the New York Times saying the Catholic Church is changing, and you can figure out these changes with America Magazine. Like, how slimy and swarmy is that, honestly? And again, these same commentators will be like, well, they don't have a lot of views, Jordan. Y'all need to chill. This isn't a big deal. Somehow, this is one of the most important documents of Francis' papacy, but apparently it doesn't change very much. You see how the gaslighting works? But I think the response, especially traditionalists, is not hatred, vitriol, is not uh, blanket condemnation and abandonment of the Pope. We cannot swallow the lie that prayers are not efficacious and that they don't matter. Today is Ember Saturday. I'm going to do my best. But this is what these days of penance and fasting exist for. We know that these things have such great works that we can do. Our Lord tells us directly, right, that when we are confused, when we need aid, when we need spiritual fortifying to, to fast and to do penance. And that's what we should do. We need to do this for Pope Francis. He's not going to be around forever. 
In fact, I imagine that, I don't know, if we all go to our eternal rewards and maybe in a couple years, the world's a little bit different. Who knows? But we do need to pray for him. Now, I'm a huge believer that I have now met, I now know, I now understand people who are so confused that we do not hold the same faith. That's why I talk about this soft schism. And Catholics, I beg you, do not be swept away in the currents of the church breaking like this. We've been warned for centuries something like this was going to happen. Rome was going to lose the faith. Bishop against bishop. Cardinal against cardinal. And of course, we all go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Not in my lifetime. Haha. I don't know where we're at in the timeline. That's not my, my purpose. That's not your purpose. We're not going to speculate that way. But this is a great reminder that we should be living as best we can, a life of sacramental grace, a life of virtue, a life of penance, a life of charity, charity with our families, charity with our neighbors, charities with our spouses. Uh, and certainly that is an authentic charity that we can have towards Pope Francis and his ilk. I don't find them to be good spiritual fathers. I have said that Pope Francis is one of the worst popes I can at least see historically. And if I need to wait another 10 years for another Pope to declare it thusly, fine, so be it. Like, my conscience is clear. I can say, hey, my dad's messing up there. He's a bad father without discrediting the fact that he's my father. My loyalty is to the Catholic faith because my loyalty is to Christ Jesus and his church. That is to whom a Catholic pledges his loyalty to. And that loyalty can be expressed through your priest, through your bishop, through the Pope, but ultimately, it is to Christ Jesus that we fly. We are being taught in real time why ultramontanism is so dangerous. That is why I welcome this chastisement. So if you find yourself confused, you find yourself angry, anger left unchecked without a resolution towards justice is not good. But let this be a motivation. If you needed the motivation to go to Latin Mass, let this be your motivation. If you needed a motivation to get out of your bad parish, Oh, but I baptized my children here. No, save their souls. Find a good Orthodox church. There's a lot of them happening. And guess what? I'll be, I'll be real non-trad for a second. Not all churches have to be Latin mass right now. I've been to enough divine liturgy this year. I've seen a lot of great positive things happening with new mass communities around me. I can tell the pendulum is moving. Okay. So you need to gauge that for yourself and for your family. If your Catholic school has stopped being Catholic, University of Mary just rescinded their acceptance of transgender girls. But the fact that was even a consideration should tell us all that we need to know. That means you're not sending your children to lose their souls. I'm one to talk about marriage presently. Yo, what's up, fools? How's it going? Divorce going through an annulment here. However, I will say this. What a great motivation it should be in 2024 to have such authentic deep love of our spouses to be patient with them to forgive them to not nag to not scold to not highlight their weaknesses this division goes all the way down to the family level our lady tells us that the final attack satan will have is on the family i believe i've experienced that uh, a double-barreled shotgun blast of that this year not very hopeful in 2024, by the way, and I'm going to get on some changes I'm going to have to the channel and, and a little bit of updates on my life. But I beg you, Catholics, if you find yourself habitually sinning, I would certainly know. That's what the sacrament of confession is for. And you don't need to be beat up over it every single time. Go. 
Our Lord loves you so much. He desires your salvation. He desires your sonship, your daughtership so much. That that is what it's there for. To be forgiven of your sins. Cleansed. To be made new again. Take advantage of the sacraments. Take advantage of adoration. Take advantage of the Holy Mass. Even when it's frustrating this Christmas when y'all trying to get all your children into the pew for midnight mass, when you're tired about going to mass that morning and then going later or the next day or whatever it is, offer it up. There's so many little things we can do to offer it up. I, I am a the biggest sinner, honestly, it feels like. But I do know that God doesn't just want our blind obedience and he doesn't just want... Um, every little piece and document and everything to be scrupled over. He just wants us. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that. So going into 2024, I have a couple of lineups of really interesting guests, really exciting guests. Keep an open mind, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's okay to sometimes have disagreements with guests, with fellow Catholics, even very vehement disagreements, depending on what the disagreement is. But I'm very excited because I think that we are going to have some very, very fun shows ahead. I can't promise I'm going to post with more regularity. I'm going to try to kind of get back into the swing of things. Um, you know, I think that a lot of things in my personal side of my life are going to be settled pretty quickly. And I will think that that will take, that'll make a, a slight adjustment of some of my content. Um, speaking more into the cultural commentary, uh, especially in regards to the interactions that Catholics should have with each other. I'm still very much a glad trad, even though this year has been one heck of a year, as you can imagine. I'm joyous because I know that God has made me and he has made you to be with him forever in heaven through his grace. So I'm very, very excited. I love the line that Padre Pio talks of, right? Pray, hope, don't worry. I think that's what we need to do in 2024. I think it's going to be a rough year in a lot of places. It's going to be a rough year spiritually. It's going to be a rough year economically, financially, politically. I know that 2024 is, might be a really tough year historically. Maybe it won't be. Maybe it's going to be an era of good feelings. Maybe we have our roaring 20s finally. But in the event that it's not, a great reminder, that wonderful thing that Rudy once told me, do not let anyone or anything be a thief of your inner peace. It's easy for us to fall to the Catholic platitudes. Storms are going to come, but we're on the rock. So we're saved because we have Jesus. And these things are all true. But those platitudes have to make themselves manifest in reality. There are going to be storms. I certainly know that. Oh my gosh, this year has been, on one hand, this year has been the worst year I could have imagined, right? When you wake up and your life is very, very different, what do you do? On the other hand, it has been one of those years where I have felt very directly, very personally, the love of God. And I think that has made itself manifest in some choices which are lining up for myself for the rest of my life and even in the short term that are very, very exciting. Um, I'm very, very grateful. I'm even grateful now for a lot of those heartaches and those tears. I have gained an experience, which I pray that few people have, but that's made me very, very sensitive to others who have gone through extreme difficulty like this which gives me a final point too um a lot of you have reached out and been very very supportive obviously conversations on divorce but a lot of you have also shared your own stories as fellow catholics who have gone through similar things 
I don't share those. I don't post those, obviously. But I want you to know, if you're watching this, that I now have a very deep heart for for people going through that. And I've been actually very blessed and very honored. And that's actually helped my healing journey um, to be able just to hear some of your stories. Not judging, right? Just being with you as a brother in Christ. There's going to be content like that more so on this channel. Um, the nice thing about this is that we're owned by nobody. We're owned by no clergy. We're owned by no organization, which means we've always been able to kind of say whatever we want. But I do want to make sure that we're fostering just a good community, that this is at least a good space for you to land. Not to, again, gaslight you, not to just pretend to be happy, happy, happy all the time, but at least a place of reality just a little bit in your various things of the internet. So I've been very, very honored. I've been very, very blessed by each and every one of your stories. And I hope to talk to you all more. It doesn't have to be all about tragedy. I hope to have more guests on the show, interesting stories of tradition. I have a lot of ideas cooking up in the works. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to them all, but uh, I think it's going to be really, really fun. And I think it's going to be very, very important. So if you want to help alongside this channel, if you are watching and you haven't subscribed, I'd very much appreciate it if you subscribe. We have such a great amount of subscribers and I, I could not have ever envisioned that the channel would grow as it's grown. So that would be huge. Like our videos and of course, please, please subscribe and please continue supporting the Gladtrad podcast on Patreon. That helps pay for all the equipment that also helps keep some of the software sides running. It also gives opportunities for early ap episode access, um, suggestion of episode titles. We've had a couple of really fun ones of those. And even this is a really big one is uh, it helps me understand who you are so that if you have an interesting story of tradition, we've had a few uh, people on sharing their stories of the faith. We'd love to hear from you. And so that's a great way too. So of course, go over to patreon.com slash podcast and consider becoming a supporter that way. You can also become a channel member. We got enough subscribers to where that's a possibility now too. So that's just a really great way just for a dollar. It, it just goes to kind of help all the kind of running of these kind of shows, especially if you're tired of the bigger gaslighting podcast. Let's be, let's be clear here. This is a good alternative. Um, so I'm just very grateful. And I hope that your Christmas is wonderful. I hope that your new year's is beautiful and wonderful. And please, please continue to pray for me, to pray for my intentions. And I pray for each and every one of you. Uh, it's as soon as I have the mass on with me, I, that's what I do. So I'm very, very grateful until the new year. This is glad Chad podcast. I'm Jordan Pacheco. God bless you and may I keep you. I'll see you on the next one. Adios.